With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Coming to you live from my basement because apparently Roger Goodell has made that cool now. And the ghost of U Street. Hey y'all. Okay, so it's really actually just Andy and I, but I couldn't I just felt like we needed a hey y'all in this podcast. Uh, Andy, it's the NFL draft night. Are we gonna see Anfield God. Okay, I've been drinking, obviously. Antoine Winfield Jr., do we expect him to go off the board this evening? You know, it's one of those things that uh, he, he's getting a lot of late steam. Uh, I think throughout most of the process, everybody thought Winfield was probably a pretty safe second-round pick, uh, you know, low 40s, mid-40s. But there's been a lot of steam that he absolutely nailed all the pre-draft prep, that uh, all his athleticism checked out. His interviews were, it's all one, one NFL squad, anonymously of course but basically was quoted as saying that um Winfield's interview was basically one of the best he'd ever been in um you know his football IQ is off the charts thanks dad um (laughs) so I think there's a chance he might sneak into the tail end of the first round uh honestly it'll probably depend on on what happens ahead of where he might go um you know, I, I don't necessarily think he'll be the first safety off the board. Uh, that'll probably be either Grant Delphit from LSU or, um, I'm forgetting the dude from Alabama. Um, so I'll be, I'll be kind of shocked if Winfield's the first safety off the board. And if, and if people decide that safeties can wait till the second round, that obviously will push, push Antoine back as well. But, um, you know, it, it's possible he might sneak in, in in the late 20s, early 30s here in the first round. So that would be, uh, be kind of cool. You would be the first gopher to go in the first round since Lawrence Maroney in 2006, if that happened. Um, obviously, if he goes in the second round, he joins a, a much larger group. Uh, names, even in more, the most recent past, Max Williams, Sheed Hageman. Um, I guess those are the only most recent second round picks for a while. So... <laughs> All the other ones were third. I thought they were second. So, so I mean, obviously Max has been a, a journeyman NFLer. He's you know he's still in the league, so he can't complain. She just had other issues, um, and we know Maroney had a good couple of years there. So, um, you know, I think you know we can we can talk about other comparisons when we talk about the next Gopher who's probably going to be off the board after Winfield. But I think um, if you're looking for a, a potential NFL career for a Gopher to match. Uh, the guy who we might compare uh, our wide receiver to would be the be the one that I think you'd like to like to compare NFL careers with. Yeah, TJ, what do you see happening uh, for Tyler coming into the draft? Yeah, you know, uh, we put it in, the, in our blog preview post. I I unfortunately think he's going to get hurt a little bit by the fact that he didn't do any of the uh, the measurable combine stuff. 
Um, he was holding out to basically try and, and do the best he could at the Gopher Pro Day, which of course then was canceled. Um, so I'm sure he's done some behind the scenes type stuff with his agent to try and get tape out there to teams and things like that. Um, but I, I won't be shocked at all if it ends up hurting him and drops him a, a round or two lower than I think everybody would have liked to have seen. Um, I've seen him mocked anywhere from the third round to the sixth round to there's actually one NFL.com guy that for some reason doesn't have him even drafted, which is a shock. That's idiotic. That, that is idiotic. He will not, he will, he will get drafted. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in, in the fourth round. Um, I think third round might be a little high, but uh, again, that will also probably depend on, on how big of a wide receiver rush there is ahead of him. Uh, this is an incredibly deep wide receiver draft, so if all of a sudden we get a huge run on wide receivers in the first and second round, that might push Tyler up a little bit. Um, if, if we get a big run on some of the top-end guys and then that slows up, that might push him back a round or two. Um, but, you know, as we, as we said and as I compared in the... Uh, in the draft preview article on the blog, um, you know, you'd love to love to see him go third round, just like uh, another former Gopher did, uh, Eric Decker. And uh, I think Eric Decker had a pretty good NFL career. Of course, it helps when he had Peyton Manning throwing to him for five or six years of that career. True. Um, so, I mean, that and that's something to think about is, is when you're talking about what team, especially as an offensive player uh, like Tyler, you know, would you rather go in the fifth round and have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, or would you rather go in the third round and have Sam Darnold or um, Matt? St- I mean, Stafford's not that bad, I guess. Uh, pick pick a random Chicago Bears quarterback who may play. You know, <laughs> uh, that can make all the difference in your in your initial career. Um, I mean, Eric Decker was good, but do you think he has the type of career he? has if he doesn't have Peyton Manning throwing him for five years no chance in hell so uh it really can make or break you quite a bit so um hopefully hopefully we see Tyler end up in a good spot where he can compete for a number two or number three wide receiver job and and have a a really good quarterback thrown to him Coughlin I mean at this point do we see him going anywhere but the third day no, I think he'll be a third round or a third day pick. Excuse me. I think he'll be in that five, six, seven range. Um, you know, I've seen him. I've seen him mocked anywhere to early to mid fifth round and dropping her to the early part of the seventh round too. Um, the the problem Carter's got is he's a traditional NFL tweener. Um, you know, he's probably a, a big of a big linebacker, but he's too small to play D end in the NFL. Um, so wherever he's going to end up, he's going to have to adjust a little bit and, and, and try and really make a, a special teams, uh, performance argument first, wherever he goes, and then hopefully earn himself into some defensive playing time. But, um, you know, I will, I won't be shocked to see Carter go fifth, sixth round on, on Saturday. Um, you know, I've seen several mocks that have him as a potential a Vikings draft pick, um, so it, we'll just have to wait and see what make him out of that. He'd be a quality hard knocks guy. Oh, totally. I mean, he's well spoken. He's got he's got the brains. He's got the skills. Um, you know, I mean, I think I think if any team that gets him, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to blow up on special teams. I mean, for for many of the people listening to us, you know, you're Minnesota natives. The best best person you can try and compare, you know, if you want to be a special teams ace would be, you know, Heath Farwell, who played for the Vikings in the 90s, early 2000s. I mean, he made himself a career out of being just an absolute beast on special teams, and he could play a little bit of linebacker if needed, too. You know, you'd love to see Carter 
bust into some place where he could get a little bit more regular, you know, defensive playing time, not just rely on special teams, but if you can make your way in special teams first, you'll get you'll get chances other ways. NFL money is NFL money. <laughs> uh, well, not that the Coughlins need money, but yeah, you gotta you gotta think ahead, you know. Gotta keep gotta keep banking. Yeah, you want to get that uh, that U.S. Postal Service money, that that dividend check money, and everything you can add to the coffer leads leads to those roads. Um, Kamal, do we see Kamal getting drafted? K- Kamal, to be perfectly honest, is the is the question mark out of this. Um, you know, I think pre injury, he probably some people had him going before Coughlin. Uh, mainly because he's got a prototype NFL linebacker type body. Um, that worked out well for, uh, if we're talking about former Gophers who got drafted, DeAndre Campbell. Campbell got selected in the fourth round by Atlanta because he had a prototypical NFL body set, uh, ended up being their starting linebacker for five years before he signed with Arizona this offseason. So uh, I think we all know that Kamal has got the, the got the body type. It's it's just whether he can get his head in the game and get it. Um, you know, with the, coming off of the knee injury, he obviously hasn't done that much workout. But uh, I've seen pretty consistently him being in mocks in the, in the sixth round, seventh round, um, teams just wanting to make sure that they don't have to fight for him for a priority free agent spot, uh, want to have him on the roster, give him time to continue to rehab and, and see if he can't become a, a special teams beast here in the fall. Yeah, and while it's always 100% better, I think, to be drafted, he strikes me as the kind of guy that if he did drop to UDFA just because of the injury or you know anything like that, he'd be in a position to really get to pick a team and you know be being the kind of guy that he is, excuse me, being in a real good position to make a team even as a UDFA, he'd just be giving up some of that little bit of guaranteed money in exchange for you know potentially earning his way into a better contract extension earlier. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting, and I like I said, I'm I'm I would not be shocked at all that. Uh that somebody decides Kamal's worth a flyer in the, in the sixth and seventh round. But, uh, you know, I think we're just all going to have to sit and wait till Saturday to, to find out. All right. At that point, beyond Kamal, are you pretty much thinking Chris Williamson, Sam Renner, Rodney Smith, all UDFAs? You know, that would be my guess. Um, I did see one mock that did have Williamson getting drafted in the uh, seventh round. Of course, that was also the same one that didn't have Tyler Johnson getting drafted at all. So, you know, you really got to take that one with a grain of salt. Um, But, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think Williamson is, is a good nickel corner. He could be one of those guys that, you know, you always get a couple of those guys that, that make uh, make an NFL camp. Out of, out of coming out of uh, undrafted free agent, I wouldn't be shocked to see him make a run at that. Um, you know, I think I think Renner and Rodney for sure are probably going to be undrafted free agents. Um, you know, Renner is uh, he's a lot of heart, but he just doesn't quite have the prototypical uh, NFL D tackle type body. Um, and Rodney, you know, un- unfortunately with the way running backs are valued now. Um, plus he's got some miles on him, plus he's got some injury issues. Um, you know, I, I, I think he'll probably, uh, have to try and make a team out of a camp as a free agent. 
Yeah, I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor going in mocks like bottom of the first round, right? Uh, some some even have him in the second. Some of them don't. Yeah. Some running, of, ba- running backs just don't go high anymore. They don't, and you know, and and that that is the thing though is is you can you know make a steal. You look at several of the the best running backs in the NFL the last couple of years were you know mid round picks, and um, like I said, I I don't think Rodney's going to get the opportunity to do that. But we all know he's got talent. Um, he just doesn't have that you know blazing speed, and he he's more of a he's more of a grinder type back um he's not he's not flashy enough to really you know bust past a lot of nfl type speed um you know hopefully he does the best he can um but i i'll be pretty pretty shocked if uh we hear anybody but those top four names called by the time the end of the day on saturday comes around all right so we'll transition off the gophers for a quick second but keep it in minnesota who do you want the vikings what do you want the vikings to do with their two first round picks uh, I mean, they need a quarterback or corner, not quarter, corner back, uh, because they basically let every other one they had on the roster go in free agency. Um, which I mean, granted, some of them probably, but that's fine. I don't think you're going to see too many Viking fans pining for Xavier Rhodes' return. Um, so I think they need a corner. Um, you know, as we're taping this live during the first round, we're through the tenth pick. Uh, the top two corners are off the board, including one of the ones, uh, the guy from Florida, Henderson, who the Vikings were rumored to have some interest in potentially trading up for, but he went probably a good five picks before anybody actually thought he was going to go. Um, so that's not happening. Um, they obviously need offensive line help. Just, you know, repeat that from the last seven years. <laughs> yeah, truth. So, so picking up uh, somebody like that, you know, um, Obviously, with the trading of Stephon Diggs, they're looking for a wide receiver. I think since this is such a deep wide receiver class and you're not going to get one of the top two or three flashy guys, um, you could probably find a pretty good value wide receiver in the third round. Um, concentrate more on the on the D-tackle, uh, O-tackle, and cornerback in your first first three picks, two in the first, one in the second. Um, you know, I, I obviously everybody likes a, likes a uh, Minnesota to Minnesota story, so I think, you know, you'd love to see a, a, a Tyler Johnson or a Coughlin or somebody like that end up uh, wearing purple and gold. Um, you know, I don't think, I think the, the numbers game, plus with the safety and with the, the higher level, I don't think it's going to work out that Winfield's going to end up being a Viking. I think just the draft position, things like that's not going to work out, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Vikings take Tyler Johnson, especially the longer he stays on the board. Um, you know, if he, if he's still around there in the fourth round, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Especially in the fifth. In the fifth, you you just got to get a steal there. You got to take him. Um, same thing. You know, I know they've talked to Coughlin. Would be surprised if if they draft to Coughlin fifth sixth round. Um, so, you know, other than that, you know, the the, the problem is, is is you know everybody does their mock drafts and they got them all over, and you never can tell who's really having a a pick for need. And so trying to trying to predict exactly where anybody's going to end up. You know, just for example, as I was writing the Tyler preview piece yesterday, looking at mock drafts, in seven mock drafts, I think he was projected to go to seven different teams. So, you know, trying to trying to predict where any of these guys might end up is a, is a total crapshoot, but um, all you can hope is that they really get into good, uh, good positional fits that gives them the best opportunity to, to come out and perform whenever there actually is a, a chance to perform, whether that's in the summer mini camp or whether that's in the fall or whether in the winter or, you know, go on, go on, go on. But hopefully they can, uh, they can come out and, and make a team uh, because as we've seen, and, and, and it's, you know, 
teams have seen going forward, the more guys you can put in the NFL, the more guys you can refer back to, the only, that helps with recruiting going forward. I mean, there's a reason why Minnesota hasn't had a stud offensive line recruit, save for Falele, um, come in in the last 15, 20 years. Is when was the last time the Gophers put a offensive lineman in the league? Uh, Greg Esslinger. That was the last Gopher offensive lineman they put in the league. Jesus. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So it's been a while, whereas Wisconsin and Iowa puts two or three guys a year in the NFL. Hmm. Yeah, all within the first three rounds. So, so. you know, it's, so, I mean, like I said, now all of a sudden you're looking at the wide receivers, you're looking at the cornerbacks. We've gotten some high-quality wide receiver and cornerback recruits because they see Tyler Johnson, they see Antoine Winfield. Um, they see what Rashid Bateman will be when he goes. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So you you get you get guys like that. You get him in the NFL, and and you know all PJ Fleck has to do is say, yeah, you see that guy who's starring and is an All Pro in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I recruited him. Want to come here? I'll do that to you too. Well, speaking of recruits, uh, by the time I publish this, <laughs> we could have like four more commits. The way April's going. Uh, but since the last time we talked, there's been three. Um, uh, Demarion Alexander, uh, defensive end. Tamarian Crumpley, cornerback. And uh, Sam Jackson, who, depending on who you talk to, is a quarterback, a wide receiver, a multi-purpose, you know, uh, Swiss Army knife of a player with his athleticism. Uh, but it sounds like the reason, one of the reasons he's, he originally committed to Minnesota and then recommitted to Minnesota after opening his commitment was the fact that the Gophers are going to give him an honest shot to uh, be a quarterback. Uh, and then, of course, you know how that goes after that, we'll see. Um, Andy, I mean, for me, Sam Jackson, he's the, he's the flash of these three. Uh, Tamarian Crumpley, he's got my Cincy connection, so always happy to see that. Demarion Alexander, I honestly know very little about. Help me understand what should I be excited about for these three guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just uh, another proof that PJ Fleck really has a connection with these virtual visits and uh, and behind the clock or behind the behind the scenes, Stephen Ortiz and some of these other high quality recruits are really working on some of these guys. Um, Demarion Alexander, as we said, uh, is a D end out of Texas, six five two fifteen. Um, sounds like, you know, basically Joe Rossi is sort of almost envisioning him in, in the Coughlin role where he's, he's got that rush end type, uh, a role, um, you know, can fall back into a little bit more of a coverage if need be, but also will rush the quarterback. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of power five offers, Arizona state, Baylor, Texas tech, TCU. Um, those are decent names to be in a fight for, especially TCU. Cause if I, I, I like seeing a defensive player get recruited by TCU, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I mean, so the, there's some good schools there and, um, you know, he's, he's got that, that size, obviously two fifteen is, it's tiny, but give him, give him an entire year in a college weight program. And all of a sudden you'll see that balloon up with 40 pounds of muscle. Um, you know, he's got, he's got some really good speed while chasing, chasing ball carriers, chasing quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I think he's got some, obviously most, the, the, the word you're going to hear overall with these is potential. You never can tell who's going to blow up into a, into a star, but he's got the build, he's got the, the body, he's got the talent. So now it's just up to getting here on campus, getting bigger and, and having, uh, having people basically build him into a player. Um, so crumply though, like when we talk about potential, 
I'd love to say I'm going to scout this kid and tell the world about what I see, but you don't want me scouting anybody. Um, he's coming in as a high school cornerback, uh, but from what little reading I did, safety possibly, fill our safety depth a little bit? Yeah, I think he'll end up in the secondary. Um, you know, I think that he was a name that a lot of, I mean, if you guys, if you pay attention, we'd heard some things about the other things. Crumpley sort of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, he's got some other, you know, Power 5 offers, Boston College, Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan State, Pitt. Um, I would not be surprised to, to find out when this is all done that this was our, our, our new uh, our new safeties coach, uh, Paul Haynes, who was uh, pri- pre- previously the secondary coach at Michigan State until he got it fired in the offseason, uh, was the head coach at one of the MAC schools, Kent State maybe, for a while. So that's how he and PJ have a really good relationship. Um I would not be surprised if he was one of his guys since he offered him at Michigan State and basically came in and said, hey, I think this guy can really play. Um, and then and then PJ and Rossi were sold and, and gave him a Minnesota offer. Um, you know, I, I, he's, uh, he's got middling speed, uh, 4 6 five, 40, so not fast but not slow. Uh, pretty good shuttle speed. You know, his, his measurables aren't, aren't amazing, but um, he'll have to try and earn a job. You know, uh, like I said, we people were projecting him maybe to fill more of a safety role than a corner role. Um, we'll just have to, to wait and see what happens here uh, throughout the next eight months. Sam Jackson uh, would be, he's what, like the fourth highest rated recruit in Illinois right now? Uh, I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah, so basically Illinois hasn't recruited anybody in the top 20, and Minnesota's got what, the top six? Uh, or not, not the top six, but six of the top 20. I, I, I believe at the current moment, Minnesota has five of the top 20. However, they are in the top two for another two in the top eight. So basically, if those two guys at, verbal, I mean, then, at, at, then Minnesota could have seven of the top 20 while Illinois has none. At, at this point, Illinois is in state recruiting for P.J. Fleck. I mean, he, he, he got J.J. Gooday out of there. Uh, last year, um, yeah, with with Sam Jackson, with um, uh, the tight end uh, Gears, um, you know, we're looking at uh, a running back who is really, really, really good friends. Uh, Four star running back who is really good friends with Sam Jackson. Uh, he's going to be announcing here in two weeks. Minnesota is a strong favorite for him. Um, there's another safety apparently from Illinois who just announced his top two. It's Minnesota and Louisville. Uh, there's an offensive lineman, offensive tackle out of Chicago that the Gophers are high on his list. So literally, yeah, at this point, Minnesota might end up with eight of the top 20 recruits. And and the reason you go down to the top 20 is it's, it's, uh, our, our quarterback who's coming in 2021, Ethan, I'm going to blow his last name. The Greek. The Greek. Kalamakis, something like that. I apologize for just slaughtering that. Uh, his brother, Dino, uh, probably a package deal, let's be honest, but he'll he'll project either a wide receiver, a D-back, or a linebacker, is ranked number 20 right now. So even if you took him off of that, you're looking at eight of the top 17 in the state of Illinois. I mean, that's, that's a little ridiculous. Um, when, as far as I can tell, Illinois doesn't have a single one recruited yet. Their top two are both offensive linemen and are both committed to Michigan. So, Liddyville's in Dinkytown now. It's just how it is. It's crazy, yeah. And Sam Jackson, he's, uh, you know, from looking at his film, he is going to be one of the most ridiculously versatile players the Gophers have had in a long time. Uh, as, as 
Chris said, it sounds like that, you know, one of the reasons why he stuck with Minnesota over some of the other schools is that P.J. Fleck has said, hey, we'll give you a chance to play quarterback, um, you know, and it sounds like it sounds like Ethan um, is okay with that, um, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn into a, a Seth Green type where he gets shots, gets reps at quarterback, might be in some special packages, but then slots out at wide receiver, um, or you put him in the back as a, as a scat back, you know, kind of like I think they're going to try and use Trayton Potts out of the backfield this year as a, you know, ability to both play the slot and, uh, and to do things out of the backfield. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, he, he's really, I mean, he's got, if you look at his offer list, like I said, we've been talking about Power 5 offers, whatever. Uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas State, Iowa, Michigan State, Notre Dame. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> and, and like I said, he's been he's best friends with a couple other high-profile recruits who uh, he's been working on as well. Um, he is... Uh, you know, he and Ortiz were on Instagram Live over the weekend, getting buddy buddy. Um, so yeah, I think I think adding him to the class and getting him solidly back in can only help Minnesota continue to pull in some uh, high talent here in the next couple of months. Actually, and I'm just realizing, did we have a chance to talk about Avante Dickerson last week? I think Dickerson happened like. Just after the podcast dropped last week, I'm trying to remember whether he did or not. But in, in either case, we'll talk about it again. And if we did, yeah, let's gloat at the expense of Nebraska uh, fans. Yeah, yes, no. I mean, th- th- this one's brutal for for Nebraska. Um, you know, Avante Dickerson, top fifty recruit in the country, uh, cornerback out of Omaha. Um, Nebraska thought he was for sure going to go to Nebraska. In-state recruit Scott Frost. Da 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 da, and uh, he was won over by by PJ Fleck, and uh, he is he is a recruit from Minnesota now, and um, the kid has some has some definite talent, um, you know. Between him and Ortiz, you're legitimately looking at two of the highest defensive back recruits Minnesota has ever recruited. In fact, Dickerson is the second highest recruit in the twenty four seven era. Uh, behind only Jeff Jones, which we'll just f- skip over that name real quick and not mention it again. Um, so he is the he is the highest recruit. Um, you know, I mean, so fancy math fan- that fancy that fancy forgetful math. I mean, Jeff Jones would have been a heck of a player if he just had you mm-hmm. know a little bit more. Um, if, if things weren't things didn't work out the way they were. Uh, no, but um, I mean, I think so. I legitimately, you know, you're looking at the fact that what Antoine Winfield Jr. has done and letting and letting Joe Rossi and Joe Harrisimiak and PJ Fleck say, yeah, guess what? You can do that too. Uh, that's already paying off dividends in this recruiting class. And I legitimately think, um, you know, if, if, if we can get everybody in the boat and everybody in the fold and get them all signed in December and have a good football season and live up to expectations that we've, you know, got for this team going forward, um, we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Um, but obviously we're going to have to have the ability for there to be a season for some of these guys to, to show out. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think we're in, uh, we're in pretty good shape with this class, the, the current class. And I know people will say it's early, whatever Minnesota currently has the number five recruiting class in the country on 24 seven. I don't care how damn early it is. That's never happened. And, 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 and well, I was, I'll, I'll finish, and I think you're probably got to have a similar line to me here. And even if that, not not if that doesn't hold, 
that's not going to hold. Alabama, a bunch of other people are going to come in, grab their five stars. Minnesota will drop. But if you're a number five at this point and you sign everybody you've got plus, you know, finish the class out with one more four star and, uh, a, you know, a, a smattering of high three stars, that's an easy top 25 class. Oh, 100%. I mean, Gophers have four four stars right now. I think they said the last Minnesota, that's the max number of four stars they've ever had in recruiting class. The Gophers are finalists for at least one or two more right now before we even you know talk signing day is seven months away so uh, a lot can change but i mean the other thing i was going to bring up is that you know the the usual retort when the gophers have the recruiting class start climbing up is that well that's because they've got 12 13 guys and all these other schools only have four or five well if you actually look at the top of the list um, I don't have it directly in front of me, but Minnesota's got like 10 or 11 recruits right now. Ohio State is number one. They've got, I think, 12 or 13. North Carolina is number two. They've got 10, I believe. We've got thir- we've got 13, but, but everybody else does too. I think it only starts getting a little slim when you get down to like, uh, I think Clemson's a little light and you get into Alabama's a little light. But yeah, it's not like previous years where... Uh, I remember Fleck's first full class. I remember writing the post about it. Um, they were number, call it 16, early in the season. And uh, I think they had like 18, 19 guys, and it was like May. Well, you know, that's definitely, that kind of huge load that early helps. That's not what we're talking about. No, I mean, legitimately Minnesota has top talent. This will be... You know, even if P.J. Fleck finishes off with nothing but three stars, this will be the top recruiting class he has had in his four years the chance to recruit at Minnesota. Um, and again, you know, as long as we can have a season and, you know, you've got you've got a chance to put Rashad Bateman, Tanner Morgan, um, you know, Mo Ibrahim, et cetera, et cetera, out on this field and they do what they need to do, this literally could be the tip of the iceberg. Now, we're all in agreement that they need to get a couple of offensive linemen in this class, um, and, and we talked earlier about why that's tough, you know, a few minutes ago, but that's really the only place this class seems to be lacking at the moment, and like we said, we still got seven minutes. Remember that Daniel Falele and Curtis Dunlap weren't on anybody's radar as a gopher recruit until about mid-November, so there's plenty of time, plenty of things could happen, um, but things are definitely in the uh, moving the right direction. All right, so to round it out, because a big part of the quarantine experience has been sampling the beverages, and I think you can tell if you've heard any of the minor flubs that Andy and I have put out tonight that we've already sampled some beverages. Andy, what do you currently have in your hand? I'm uh, currently going with a Kentucky Mule. Fantastic, proud of that. Uh, what's your bourbon of choice for your Kentucky? Uh, this one I'm just going with uh, a, a basic cheaper. I'm going with the uh, the Larceny 92 Weeded, which mm. is uh, which is fine. It's a, it's a perfectly good mixing bourbon. I didn't want to pull out any of the really nice stuff because the ginger beer and the lime take a lot of the uh, a lot of the you know, carry of the weight of the drink. But um, it, it goes nicely and smoothly with with a good mixer and uh, goes down pretty nice. I started tonight with essentially a bottle of wine. I, I had a Deschutes Black Butte birthday edition, which is their bourbon barrel aged with cocoa nibs and, uh, I don't know, pomegranate, cherry, molasses. It, 
the kind of beer I have to finish before we get into summer. Uh, and then to transition more to a springy feel, I am now working on my strawberry rhubarb from New Glarus, um, which, you know, boo Wisconsin, but New Glarus makes some fine, fine fruited beers. Uh, and I will never, never complain about them. So, yeah, I think that's... I'll probably have another one of these and then then call tonight because it's still only Thursday. I, I felt like it was Friday for a minute, but it's not, sadly. Yeah, this week has been uh, incredibly long and crazy for several reasons. But, yes, the fact that I literally all day thought it was either Friday or Saturday, and then I'm like, no, it, it's it's literally only <laughs> Thursday is, is one of those things that is, is yeah, it's, it's a, little, a little insane. Yeah. It's, I, I try to, when I hop on conference calls now, I try to announce what day it is to myself by saying happy insert what day I think it is. And I think I get it right about 75% of the time, but there are definitely still at least, you know, one or two days a week where I'm off either backwards or forward. Cause it's just, they're all the same now, man. Same walls. Nothing looks different. Nope, it is uh, it is pretty similar. Um, you know, obviously you're you're over there in Ohio, and being here in Minnesota, and some of our listeners probably are Minnesota. At least the 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 good thing is, it sounds like Minnesota is making a good effort to move forward, and obviously things aren't going back to normal anytime soon. But at least uh, it sounds like we're on the the right path to try and do things in a in a slow but expedient manner, and uh, hopefully. Hopefully, if everything goes well, we might get to pretend to have some type of normal. Although, uh, to to put a, a cold shiver in everybody's heart, Tim Walls in his press conference today definitely threw shade about the possibility of the state fair going on. So you know, uh, whoa, uh, no, no, it's it's getting dire if we're already talking about canceling the state fair. Well, nobody's talking about canceling it yet. But I mean, the problem you got to realize is, unfortunately, it's not just like you can pull off all the preparations for a huge 10-day festival at the end of August the week before. A lot of that goes into prepping in June and July and things like well, that. And, and let's be honest, like, even if we get back to, quote, normal, it's not going to be normal. There's going to be social distancing. And there is one event that I can just not picture social distancing being any part of. If there was one event, it would be the State Fair. That that event, uh, I mean, it, 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 it lives on throngs of people sweatily walking around eating food on a stick that's just how it is like you can't the first time somebody walks by the mini donut stand even if you tell everybody to be six feet away they're gonna charge at it it's just how it goes yeah no it's 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 i mean the the director of the state fair came out earlier um and basically said hey we're either having the normal state fair or we're not having one at all we're not going to be doing anything crazy modified or whatever or anything like that so um you know it'll be interesting to see going forward exactly what happens and uh to skip back about five minutes if we want to reinforce our our point arguing about offensive lines uh the tampa bay buccaneers just traded up and picked tristan Wirfs out of iowa uh so he will be protecting tom brady's blind side for the next couple of seasons um yeah i think iowa will probably be pointing that out on numerous occasions I haven't had a chance to, to share my plans with Andy quite yet. Uh, in the off chance that there is a football season this fall, but it is a fan-free football season, which of course would cut deeply into the ability to tailgate, uh, I have started to, and I encourage all of our listeners, 
to start uh, to keep yourself sane, start coming up with what is your distancing tailgate game plan going to be. I have whole ideas for Zoom tailgating in the backyard uh, that you and I need to discuss in, in podcast after dark. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, this is a weird time. It's a weird time, and I'm glad there are tasty beverages and uh, actual sports talk to to get us through week by week. Hopefully that continues. So, uh, I guess in the meantime, uh, first to our one listener in Dubai, stay safe. We want everyone to stay safe, but we have a loyal listener in Dubai. Please stay safe in the middle of the desert. Everyone else, wash your hands. Go Gophers. Skyuma. Row the boat. <laughs>